So Lindy pestered me. <laughs> More than normal. No, um, about something specific other than just general pestering. And so we're going to look at Lamentations this week instead of uh, Luke. And so if you'd please turn to Lamentations 3, verses 19 through 27 in your Black Pew Bible or 900, or yeah, well, it's the same verse, but page 922 in the Adventure Bible or 873 in the Black Pew Bible. If you please rise out of honor of God's word. Lamentations 3, 19 through 27. Page 873 in your Black Pew Bible and 992 in the Adventure Bible. I turned to 992 in the Black Pew Bible and it didn't get me there. Lamentations 3, verses 19 through 27. And I read in Jesus' name. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to those who seek, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the book of Lamentations. We thank you for Jeremiah in writing it. Lord, we thank you for inspiring him too. For our sake, Lord, for our upbuilding, Lord, that we might have the freedom that Jeremiah did. Father, we pray that you would bless us now as we seek to understand and apply these truths into our lives. Lord, that we might be changed and that you might be glorified. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So one of the things that... Uh, came up as Lindy and I were discussing this was the question, do, do people take time to lament anymore? Do we take time to mourn, to, to work through these emotional difficulties that we have? Because I don't know about you guys, but I've had, I've had sad things happen in my life. I've had things that have been hard and disappointing and, and frustrating and hurtful. I've had those things happen. And so what do, we, what do we do with that? Well, we've got options. You know, one of, the, one of my favorite options as I am Norwegian and grew up in northern Minnesota is just to suppress it. <laughs> I'm just going to ignore this and hope it goes away. But the reality is that doesn't work. Because husbands... Um, have you ever not listened to your wives? Probably not. We'll just leave this hypothetically. You know, hypothetically speaking, husbands, if you don't listen to your wives, do they stand there and say, oh, well, that's nice. He's not listening to me. I'm just, I'll be fine. <laughs> hypothetically speaking, that's not what happens. Um, 
she probably or might get louder or throw something or do something else to get your attention, hypothetically speaking. That's how our emotions are. Men and women, that's how your emotions are. Your emotions actually represent the feminine inside of you. And so as you suppress the feminine inside of you, she will come back in some other manner. She will seek to get your attention, whether that be through ignoring. There was once a, a really great comic I, I read on that, and there was a, a teenage girl, and she said, how long do I have to ignore him before I get his attention? And I thought, that's high school. Um, whether it will be through silence and becoming cold, your emotions will just become cold. Like sometimes a, a wife will become cold and silent and give the cold shoulder to a husband because he hasn't been listening to her. Sometimes they will rage out of control. Um, sometimes that happens within marriages too. I've had to counsel couples with that. And I actually had to counsel couples on both sides of that. Uh, and so our emotions will do the same things. And so if we simply suppress our emotions, it's not healthy for us. Either they will rage out of control and they will take control of us or they will become, we will become cold and emotionless because we'll cease to understand how to listen to our emotions and our emotions will not die within us but cease to teach us because God gave us our emotions. Our, just like God gave me my wife, not that I've ever ignored her, um, today, <laughs> this morning, well, it's, it's still morning, so give me a break. Um, not, you know, but God has given her to me for my benefit. And so also God has given me my emotions for my benefit and so I know, need to know how to deal with them. Need to know how to interact with them. Because the way that our world teaches us to interact with our emotions is false. Either our world tells us suppress them, ignore them, keep them down, or our, our world tells us let them run it. Let them control it. Let them have full sway. Your emotions are you. Your feelings are you. Are you. And so let them rule. And neither of those is right because those exist at two ends of the spectrum. And very seldom do both either ends of the spectrum reveal truth. So what do we do? How do we lament? The first step is Christ. We need to trust Christ. What, what, so why is it? Husbands, you don't have to answer this. Wives, you don't have to answer this. I'm going to plead the fifth on it as well. Um, why do we sometimes ignore our wives? Why do husbands sometimes ignore our wives? To a good degree, it's the same reason why we ignore our emotions. And that's out of fear. Fear that they're going to take up too much time. Fear that they're going to take up too much energy. Fear that if I actually listen to them, I'm going to have to change. Fear that they're going to say something that I don't really want to hear. Or there's also the fear that they're going to take control. You know, and so we listen to, we actually listen to our fear rather than listening to our other emotions. We obey the fear in us rather than, obeying, rather than taking time to listen to those other aspects of us. And this is the way that I think about it. This might not be right. This has helped me interact with myself. Um, and so take it or leave it. I actually see all of my emotions as being various aspects of me. And so there is fear, Joe. There is sadness, Joe. There is joyful Joe, there is thankful Joe, and I see all of these various Joes that live inside of me and I interact with them and, and maybe I'm just weird. Well, I am weird. Doug told me that yesterday. Um, no, actually, you didn't say that I was weird. You said that I wasn't normal or that all of you guys were normal. Yeah, which 
is accurate. Um, and so I interact with all of these various emotions as if they're different parts of me. And so then I need to take time to listen to them. Why am I afraid of this? You know, I feel fear. Have you guys ever felt fear and not known why? So what do you do with that? Well, you stop and you listen to it. What's it trying to teach me? If I felt sadness and not known why, I need to stop and listen to it. What's it trying to teach me? But I can only do that when I'm trusting God. Otherwise, I'm just going to listen to my fear. Because my fear is telling me my emotions are dangerous. And you know what? Emotions are dangerous. They are. Because they reveal that there's something going on in our lives, especially in negative emotions, that what's perceived as negative emotions, sadness, fear, anger, um, there's something going on in my, my life that needs to be changed. And being Norwegian again, I don't like to change. I like things to remain at the perfection that they are. But if I listen to my emotions, I'll realize that they're not the perfection that I'd like to think they are and I can no longer live in my own delusions. Illusions? Delu delusions. Yeah, both of those are true, but delusions is more accurate. And so what do I need to do? First, I need to focus on God because this is what Jeremiah tells us. And it's been interesting reading through this and pondering this after Lindy pestered me about this. And his words, not mine. Um... <laughs> Because as I was reading through this, I realized this is, I've never had the words for it before. I've never had the words with how to deal with my emotions, to be able to teach someone else. But here, Jeremiah is telling us, remember my afflictions and my wanderings, the wormwood and my gall. Who's he talking to? He's talking to God. And so as he's, sorry, no, I'm in, I'm in point two. Um, verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And so as Jeremiah, so the book of Lamentations is written like, well, it's a poem, but it's a poem that comes to a point. Chiastic poem is what that's called. And so it starts here and it works all the way to this point and then it works from that point all the way back. And that's the way that the book of Lamentations is written. And so this passage here in 3.22 is the exact middle of the book of Lamentations. And the focus then of the whole book of Lamentations is on God. Who is God? What does he do? How does he act? And so Jeremiah is taking all of this, all of these feelings that he's got, all of this sadness, all of this anger, all of this disappointment, all of this lack of understanding, all of this frustration, all of this impatience that he's got, and he's bringing it to this point. And that point is God. This all needs to come to God. And that what aspects of God is he focusing on? He ceases to focus on himself and all of his own stuff and he brings it to the truths about God. And so if we're going to be interacting with our emotions, because it's dangerous, and this is one of the reasons why the world needs therapists. Not that they're any good, but the world needs them because, <laughs> yes, I, just, I did just say that. Because your emotions, if you've had serious hurts in your life, and you go into your emotions, you start listening to them, they will take over sometimes. People have had their emotions take over and then they'll have mental breakdowns because they're not able to interact with their emotions. Their emotions are too strong. The situations are too big and the emotions connected with those situations are too powerful. But in Christ, in Christ, we don't have to have that fear. In Christ, trusting Jesus, relying on Jesus, we don't need to have that fear because, because why? Because the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 
Because even when it comes to your emotions, God will be faithful to you. So you don't need to fear your emotions because you can trust Christ. Because God is faithful. Because his mercies are new. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. As Peg talked about in our prayer time, where's our hope? Is our hope in our ability to finally control our emotions? No. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in God. We trust in him. So what do we do? So that's trusting. It starts with that. We cannot lament unless we're properly trusting God. It's impossible because we'll never allow ourselves to go deep into it, deep enough into that morning to actually receive healing. So we remember. This is 19 through 21. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. As we remember, we remember this with God. So this morning needs to be a prayerful event. Mourning needs, lamenting needs to be a prayerful event. We need to bring this to God, that disappointment. God, my husband treated me this way. God, my wife treated me this way. God, this situation treated me this way. This, and I, I'm, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling sadness. I'm feeling fear. I'm feeling hopelessness. God, this is what's going on. And we bring those things to the Lord. We open ourselves up to the Lord. We remember with God. Because as we remember with God, as we bring those things to the Lord, He is promised to be there with us. To walk with us through those hurts, through those fears, through those disappointments, through whatever is going on. Whatever is going on, God has said, I'm going to walk with you through that. Well, how do we interact with that? We pray. We bring this with God. We remember with God. So oftentimes people will say, well, we've got these suppressed emotions and we need to get into them. These suppressed memories are these things and it's Freud gets into that stuff and all the psychoanalysts and, and whatnot. And you know what? We don't need to delve, to dive, to drill down and to try to figure out what's really down there underneath this because we can trust God to be interacting with our soul in a hidden level. And our soul remembers these things and it will come back then. They'll come back when they need to be dealt with. So something that happened in my childhood. Because have you guys ever misremembered something? You know, not intentionally. Like, it's not, not intentionally a lie, but I've misremembered things. I've been talking to Kirsten and, and she, like, the remote control. Have you guys ever misremembered where we put it? I could have sworn that I put it on the shelf and then it turns out in the refrigerator or something silly like that that this ever happened, but we misremember. I, I could have swore I put it there. And this is actually a big deal when it comes to eyewitnesses in trials because within those trials, you, you get a little prompting here, you get a little prompting there, and then all of a sudden you're misremembering. Was, was that person white or was that person black? Or were they Hispanic? I don't really know. Was that vehicle, was that a car, or was that a station wagon? Boy, I don't really know. And then your mind can fill in the gaps and you can misremember. And so if we're trying to pull out a memory, we're probably going to corrupt it. But if we allow the Holy Spirit to bring it out, to bring out what the soul is holding on to, then we can deal with it. Lord, this is what I'm remembering. This is what I'm feeling from my past. This is what I'm feeling from 18 years ago or 17 years ago or this is what I'm feeling from 10 years ago. Because I actually went through this uh, about two years ago and God was kept bringing something forward that had been happened in my past and I didn't know how to deal with it. And so finally, I, I wrote it down and I prayed about it. Lord, 
what do you want me to learn from this? And you know what, after I did that, now I have to intentionally go back to that spot. It doesn't just come back up. Because God dealt with it. He taught me what I needed to know. And he dealt with it. Lord, how would you have me interact with this? And God will guide you. Because is, is God active? Is God living? Does God answer our prayers? So if I'm praying to God that he would hear this and that he would teach me, does he stand back and say, eh, I'm just going to let you figure this one out on your own? No. God does reveal these things. But, but, but this I call to mind. Therefore, I have hope. So as we're in that, we also have to engage our will. And we have to call to mind the promises of Christ. Because then we're going to be called, to, we're going to be tempted to doubt. Because Satan's at work in us too. Our flesh is still at work in us. Trying to get us to rely on the way that we've been taught to suppress or to just allow to explode. But we call to mind Christ. The promises of God. We engage our will and we apply the promises of God to that situation. Was I, have you guys ever felt like God had abandoned you? Yeah. But what do we do? We call to mind the promises of God. No, I hadn't been abandoned in that situation. No, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't just all bad. There was good in that too. God can redeem that. And so then I need to look at that and say, okay, God, how are you going to redeem that? Okay, God, how can I learn from this? Okay, God, how can I use this situation? How can I use this hurt? How can I use this hardship? How can I use this trial? Lord, how can I use this thing that happened that I'm still struggling with? How can I use that for the sake of your glory? How do I heal from that? We call to mind the promises because that won't overwhelm us in Christ. And we have to engage our will. Okay, Lord, I'm going to call upon, I'm going to call these things to mind as well. Because sometimes Satan will tempt us to say, well, that bad thing wouldn't have happened had you not been so sinful. Had you not been so wrong, that was actually God punishing you. That was God hating on you. That was God trying to hurt you. You know, does, is that how God works? No. So when we're in that and we're tempted, what do we do? We call to mind the promises of God. We engage our will and hold fast to those promises. Otherwise, we're going to be sunk. We're going to be sunk into the despair that the world falls into because they don't have any way out. They don't have the promises of Christ. That's why this stuff is so dangerous for our world. That's why this stuff is so dangerous for the secular culture. Why? Because they don't have Christ to hold on to. And so when Satan comes and says, this is all your fault that this happened. This is, I was, I was talking to a, a person and they blamed themselves for the grandmother's death of natural causes. Had I not been so boring, my grandmother wouldn't have left. And that's how this person described it. And I thought, where do you get that from? They died of natural causes. This is a lie from Satan. As I was talking to this person, they had just embraced this lie. That it was because of their failings that their grandmother left. The grandma was disappointed. The grandma couldn't be around them. The grandma didn't want this person anymore. So they just finally left this world because they couldn't deal with it. Because grandma couldn't deal with it. And it's like, really? These are, these are the lies that our world has to deal with. And they don't have the promises of God. 
They don't know that the precious in the eyes of the Lord are the deaths of his saints. They don't know that. They blame God. God, how could you take away this person from my life? Whereas God's saying, no, I'm giving you a blessing. I call upon the Lord. I engage my will. I hold fast to the promises of God. No matter how my emotions, no matter how Satan tempts, no matter what thoughts come in, no matter what other emotions come in, I hold fast to the promises of God. So we remember these things and we seek salvation because if we don't deal with our emotions, you know what we are? Slaves to them. Either slaves in fear or slaves in control. Because no matter what, if we are ignoring and hiding from our emotions, they are in control. They control the situation then. Because I can't go into that spot, I can't be with that person because all of these emotions come out. I can't be with that person and not feel anger at what they did to me. You guys ever felt that way? You know what's controlling us? Our emotions then. That teaches us we need to deal with them. We need to be saved from them because they're in control. And they're not supposed to be. Because husbands, who's supposed to be the head of the household? The men. The husband. That's what God says. So what's the masculine in, our, in ourselves? It's supposed to be our reason. Our rationality is supposed to be the head. That doesn't mean, that, and that gets confused. Because within us, within me, my reason has a tendency to become a dictator. I'm not going to listen to my emotions. They don't make any sense. They're silly, whatever. But that's not right either. Because in a good marriage, does a husband listen to his wife? and take it into consideration what she's thinking and feeling and what's going on inside of her, that makes for a good marriage, right? Not when the husband says, hey, woman, quiet. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, no, actually, I've never said that, thankfully. <laughs> Believe it or not, I don't think I have. Maybe I'm misremembering. Um, <laughs> So then our reason is supposed to be head, not dictator, not Lord, head. And so our emotions aren't to control us. And in order to seek that salvation, we need to seek God because it's only in Christ. It's only understanding the wisdom and the truths of God that we can get these things into a proper order and their proper organization and then deal with them so that we're not slaves to our anger, we're not slaves to our fear, we're not slaves to our sadness. That we can, you know, I had uh, some friends come in here and, and they they really struggled with it. Why? Because the last time they were in this building was the last time they owned their farm. Because this was a federal land bank. And it was an act of very, it was an act of courage for them to enter into this. And I give them props for doing it because of the amount of sadness they felt when they walked into this building. But they didn't allow their sadness to overwhelm their desire to know God better. Their sadness didn't control them. They came in. But they remembered and they mourned again. But then they also gave thanks. It was really interesting talking to them about it because they said, had we never lost the farm, we never would have gotten to the ministry that we did. We never would have had the blessings that we had had we not lost the farm. So they grabbed hold of the promises of God that God is still working and has still worked even though it didn't work according to my desire. So they sought the Lord. They looked to him. Let us sit in lone. Sorry, that's the wrong one. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait 
quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So, wait seeks wait. This comes in time. Well, I've prayed. Why hasn't God fixed it yet? Well, I've prayed. Why hasn't God fixed me yet? Well, I've prayed. Why hasn't God fixed them yet? That's usually the one that happens. Hasn't God fixed them? And what's God saying here? No, this salvation, this healing, takes time. Because we've lived these things. We've embodied them. We've made them us. So it takes time. We have to work through them. And sometimes they're going to bubble back up. And so what do you do? Work through them again. That hurt, that pain, that sadness, that frustration, that anger, that fear, whatever that is, we work through it again. Okay, Lord, I'm feeling this again. What else am I supposed to be learning? Why did you bring this up? Why did you bring this up? Have I not forgiven this person? Lord, I forgive them. Forgive me for my unforgiveness. Lord, have I not been patient in this situation? Have I been bitter? Lord, forgive me for my bitterness. Lord, forgive me for holding on to this. Lord, what do you want me to learn? You need to pray for that person. I had that happen one time. You need to be praying for that person. Oh, I had forgotten to pray for them. Father, forgive me for my prayerlessness, not trusting you with their soul. And so, as that those emotions bubbled back up in me because believe it or not, I actually do have emotions. I know it doesn't always look that way. Um, as they bubbled back up, okay, Lord, how do we deal with them? And then we wait and we trust God because it takes time because the Lord works in time as well. He works through time. Why? It is good for a man that he bear the yoke in his youth. Why do we deal with these things? Why should we deal with this stuff? Because if you haven't worked through your emotions, if you're still bearing that, bearing that yoke, you know what that means? You're actually emotionally immature. If your emotions are holding on to your life and they are running you and leading you and guiding you rather than your intentionality, your rationality, you know what that means? You're emotionally immature. And so it's good. It's good that you're going through those struggles. It's good that we have those struggles. You know why it's good that we have those struggles? So that we can mature. Because hurting people hurt people. Did you know that? Have you ever been hurt by someone? You know what you should assume? That person's evil. No. You should assume that person's hurting for some reason. There's something going on inside of them that they're lashing out like this. Why are they lashing out like this? I don't know. But hurting people hurt people. How many of you like to hurt people? Isn't it fun? No, it's awful. So why do we go through these things? Why do we deal with our emotions? So that we're not like that. So that we don't lash out. So we don't freak out. So we don't blow up. So that we can learn to be mature. Do you, ever, do you guys know anybody that just blows up? They're given a bad piece of information. They just boom. You're like, wow, that's a mature person. No. You do something they don't like and then they, they bring it up year after year after year after year. After, how many times do I need to go? That's not maturity. They haven't dealt with it. That's immaturity. And so God puts us under the yoke. Why? Because he hates us, obviously. No, because he loves us and he wants us to mature. It is good to bear the yoke 
in your youth. And so those emotional struggles that you've gone through, that you've had, should say, thank you, God, for not allowing me to just forget and let them be in the past. Thank you for bringing them back so that I might grow up, so that I might mature. This is in your love. Why can't I forget this thing? Edgar brought that up during our Sunday school class today. That he had unforgiveness living in him. And God kept bringing it up. Praise God that God didn't just let him forget what happened in the past. But that he would be able to mature and grow through it and learn to forgive because as we learn to forgive, we also learn what it means to be forgiven and we grow spiritually. As we learn to interact with our emotions, as we learn to lament, to bring these things before the Lord, to really mourn our way through them because Christ is with us. And what does Jesus want for you? Well, to lead, lead a happy and easy life. No. This is the will of God for you. Your sanctification. God wants you to be mature. God wants me to be mature. And how do we do that? Lamentations 3, 19 through 27 teaches us how to actually interact with these things that we don't want to interact with. Any questions? You want to talk about this afterwards? If, you, if there's something going on in your life that you need to work through, you know, because I wasn't able to learn how to do this on my own. I actually, I had friends that I worked through these things with, emotional struggles and difficulties and frustrations. And I had friends that got really impatient with me on a few of them too. Um, but they helped teach me so that I could help teach you. And so if you want to walk, if you want to talk through any of these things, come and talk. Come and talk to me. I'm sure that Jim would be willing to hear and We'll help walk you through these things. Lindy, anyone that's spiritually mature, maybe I shouldn't pick on Jim and Lindy then, but, you know, <laughs> Doug, well, yeah. But find someone that's spiritually mature to help you walk through these things because you don't want to be a slave to your emotions. But how do we learn to do that? It's not by suppressing them and ignoring them. It's by learning how to interact with them. Just like a good marriage is not built on divorcing your spouse. It's built on learning how to interact with them. How to integrate with them. And so we need to learn how to integrate with angry Joe, sad Joe. You guys don't have to. I have to. <laughs> Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you. I thank you for the book of Lamentations. I thank you for laying this out for me so that I might actually have the words to bring these truths out. Lord, these things that you've taught. Lord, I thank you for that. And I pray now as we meditate on these things that you would bless us as we think about these discussion questions at the end that you would bless us. Lord, and that you would help us to work through to, to be properly married to our emotions. Lord, that we might have a peaceful household within us and not be in strife. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.